what is up everybody jt sports here back at you guys with another episode of the jt sports podcast and on this episode i am joined by a special a special guest today joined by my guy luke g's field review what's going on luke g hey man listen i'm happy to be here you know talk some football you know hopefully talk talk lions in 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 depth this is what i'm here to do so this is a good thing man and you know i've been rocking with you for a while i remember uh, uh said one of your first videos and you was like you was going in i was like okay one he way too hype but two like what like damn he ain't lying <laughs> he ain't he's wrong on patricia <laughs> yeah he's on my he ain't wrong <laughs> let's tell the truth and shame the devil these days is what i say <laughs> hey hey you already know what they was like when you tell the truth he needed more time though back then that's what they uh, were oh, going yeah. with Oh yeah, I know. I mean, it was a it was a bad narrative, and I tried to have have people stop thinking that, but it didn't work. They gonna believe they gonna believe, and they, I see that some things is hard to die. I see some old tricks returning recently, but it's okay. Now, you guys make sure that you guys check out my guy Luke G's field review. This is somebody who talks Detroit Lions. He has a lot of live streams. Luke G, informing the people where they can find you at before we begin. That's that Luke G's field review on YouTube. Uh, talk all things Detroit Lions. Uh, do a lot of live streams where you are actually a part of the show. I I allow you to join me. Feel free to tell me you disagree with me or you don't like my viewpoint or something like that. I'm cool with it. Um, and it's it's basically me just trying to create a platform that allows for you to think outside the box. Every uh, opinion is not going to be shared, but it should be something that you can use as a tool to say, "Let me think about this from a different perspective." Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So I mean. We was talking about needing more time with Matt Patricia. And it's funny because a month ago, I had this segment written down titled, The Lions Are Going Nowhere with Dan Campbell. And I kept on pushing back when I was going to record it because I was waiting for you guys to, you get what I'm saying, to start winning. Because I was like, I know these boys just ain't going to, I know for a fact Detroit is not going to win less than six games, dog. Like, I just kept telling myself, I was like, bro, they're going to get it together eventually. And then you guys kept losing. You get Dan Campbell crying at the podium again. And I'm like, okay, bro, I'm starting to see the same patterns over and over again. Enough of the tears. Let's get some wins going. You guys trade away TJ Hawkinson. And you guys know I ain't think that's a good move training him inside the division. But, I mean, ever since you traded him, You've been winning some games, and you guys upset the New York Giants, 31-18. to 18, And you, you ain't just beat them. You beat them pretty soundly. You, you really got the ground and pound going. And I know you're a big fan of what that offense is doing right now, Luigi, because one thing about you, Luigi, you love running the football, and you love the fact that that run game is getting going at the right time of the year, too. So, I mean – Let's talk about this win against the New York Giants, man. I know you definitely have to be pretty impressed with what you saw from the Lions. I, you know what? I, I'm impressed at the fact that they were able to keep their foot on the gas. But I, I don't think that this game was an upset. I think that the Giants are a fraudulent 7-2 and two team. I, I, don't, I, I think that the Giants um, are a team that somehow has scaled out a few wins and people bought into it. And the reality is, is there was a one-trick pony. And a, any, and if you look at the games that they lost, you often saw that those games were losses when they shut down the one trick, which was the run game. And so I was proud to see the Detroit Lions step up big time and say, you know what, you're not running this ball down our throat. I was happy to see certain players step up who are second-year players that really made a difference and changed the way that they went. So I don't see it as an upset. But am I excited to see that they kept their foot on the gas? Yes. Am I excited to see that they got a win? Yes. Do I think they should have way more wins than four? Absolutely. Did we did we drop some some games that should have been wins? Yes. But this team is a team that, in my opinion, just needed to make a few tweaks here and there. And one of the biggest issues with us was one, injuries, and two, there was a lack of cohesiveness amongst the defense that was missing. That was the problem that was missing. Um, and so I, I gave a lot of pushback on the uh, Dan Campbell talk because the crime at the podium didn't bother me. I mean, that's passion, right? Uh, nobody nobody said anything when 
when John Madden cried at the podium and nobody said anything when Andy Reid cried at the podium and nobody said anything when any other good coach cried at the podium. But because it's this guy who's on the Lions, we all had issues. The Lions is a team that right now is still one of the youngest, but what I saw was a team that just still had fight in them, a team that still never gave up and beating the Giants to me, not just beating them, but beating them in a sound way, dominating them like that, where they just control the line of scrimmage like that, where they control the run. And yes, I love the run because that's the Lions history. When we won games, we went to the NFC championship with a quarterback named Eric Kramer. Nobody talks about him because he wasn't nobody to talk about. We ran the ball and had a defense. And I think when you look at most winning teams in the league, they're running the ball and having a defense, especially in the months of November to, to February. Yeah. When you look at the Giants, you know, I I agree with everything you say, but one thing, calling them a fraudulent team, this is definitely a team that is well coached. This is a team that nobody expected to have seven wins. As a matter of fact, this was a team that many people expected to be having the number one overall pick. And the fact that they have seven wins right now with the roster that they had is definitely a testament to the coaching. And yeah, they are a run trip pony. And I'm glad they're a one trip pony because I got Saquon on my fantasy team. Just wasn't happy to see the Lions shut them down. And, you know, I was really impressed with Detroit because. Even though the Giants aren't a super talented team, you know, they have really good scheme. Um, Their coaching staff is really good. And I was really impressed with what I saw from the defensive line, especially um, 44, the linebacker, and the defensive lineman who got the first sack, I believe it was Alim McNeil. Alim McNeil. Yeah, bro. Like he was ter- he was terrorizing that whoever that left guard was, Shane LeMay. I think that was his first game back in some time returning from injury. Yeah, he was getting work, dog. He was working them. Yeah, I was, I was, I had a mixed bag when it came to 44. And I'm gonna tell you why. I felt that if you watched that game and you watched it closely, when he was in the game, they were able to really run the ball. Right. Mm. And they were able to also move the ball with the running backs in through the tight ends. Right. And I, I, I remember in my discourse saying to people, hey, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we got to pull Malcolm Rodriguez out. He's not a run defender at this point and he's not doing anything in the past game. So at this point, it's becoming a liability. And so they finally started to go more towards uh, Derek Barnes. And that's where you start to see a lot of the runs getting shut down. Because now you had a guy scraping behind Alex Anceloni who was looking to stop the run. And that's what he do. He's a run stopper. He's very similar in a lot of ways to, like, Stephen Tullick and stuff, right? Um, but, you know, Marigas to me had a eh, game. Like, I wasn't nothing to write home about. Aline McNeil was in Super Saiyan mode. And he just, he just seemed to have worked the hell out of it and and while people praise uh Aiden Hutchinson for having an interception which I'm cool with that I love that the real problem is it's 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 a game changer when pressure comes up the middle of the pocket for a quarterback that's that's where it gets different that's where it gets hectic and to me that single play from him was the biggest boost you could have seen from that game. And so happy to see him out there. Uh was happy to see um Rod uh uh Enrod, aka Michael Rodriguez get pulled because it just wasn't clicking at that point in time. This was not his game. Uh and then when they put him back in because we had injuries, you saw clearly that they they went right after him, right? And so um I'm I'm excited to see that the defense though show grit the thing that the coach has been pushing, which is show grit, show pride, and and and, and make something happen. And on, on, on all three phases, you saw a little bit of, of that happening, special teams, defense, and offense. Now, I want to get a little bit more of your thoughts on the offense because we talked a lot of defense. Defensively, well, defensively, you guys were really good. Offensively, you guys didn't really do anything special. That's not a knock on you guys, but you guys ran the football. Jamal Williams has become the running back one on this team. 
myself and many other people in the fantasy football community, Luke GR, extremely pissed that DeAndre Swift can't stay healthy. Because, I mean, if he would have stayed healthy, I mean, yeah, Jamal Williams probably would have had a pretty big bulk load. But, I mean, wouldn't it be fair to say that it would be a little bit more 50-50? Like, why is it that Jamal Williams just has this big – why why does why do the Lions love Jamal Williams, as a matter of fact, bro? Like, this is probably the most liked player on the team, according when you listen to how coaches and teammates talk about him. Well, he he's he's one of the leaders, and so he's one of the leaders who's consistent, at least in doing what it is that he do. And one of the things that people get confused about it is is this: DeAndre Swift being hurt is something that I think is I, I kind of got a theory on that, but I don't want to give theories in this in this particular show. But I want to say it like this: when I look at um when when I look at DeAndre Swift, even a hurt DeAndre Swift has more impact than Jamal Williams. And when you look at Jamal Williams, a lot of the things with Jamal Williams is he's getting all these touchdowns, but it's because we got down to the goal line, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he's helping with that. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely helping with that. But a lot of those plays are coming from receivers, tight ends, or it used to be tight ends, uh, receivers and running backs at the backfield and running. And it's not just him. He's giving the short yardage, and he's the short yardage power back. And so mm-hmm. he's been put in his element, which is giving him all these touchdowns. But if you look at his games and stuff, I don't think he had a game this season where it's been a hundred yards, right? Like I don't think there's, I don't think there's been one game he's had where there's been a hundred yards. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, right? But I think when you look at him, Seattle was Seattle one of the games he had a hundred yards? Because I can't remember. Yeah, 19 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns, 48-45. Yeah, 48-45. Okay. So, so you figure, okay, so here's a guy who is slow killing him. Like, he's slow burning him, right? But even when you go back to last year, I remember last year when Swift came in, he was healthy. They still started Jamal because he's consistently healthy and available, and they don't want to mess with rhythm. Um, and plus, I think that, you know, in the case of Swift, Swift ability comes in the, in the form of him just being this do-all threat. If you get him out the backfield, he get a chance to make a cut. He can, he can be that that guy and it's frustrating when you see that he's not healthy it's frustrating when you see he's not making those big plays but this is the same history of a barry sanders and i know somebody's mm-hmm. gonna say you're comparing him to barry sanders no i'm giving you an example that barry sanders was the king of negative yards until it wasn't right mm-hmm. and that's how swift is swift is a big play guy and so a lot of times when you're a big play guy you have a few negatives and you got to make it happen but for the most part you, you're talking about a guy who's having a lot of career things happen this season and it's because they've consistently kept the ball on the ground. And that's what I think we needed to do for years, just keep the ball on the ground and run the ball. And when you look at this game, you know, the offensive line did a really good job against a really good defensive line, probably one of the most underrated defensive lines in the NFL. You know, like a lot of people, when they look at the New York Giants, they just be like, oh, they got a bunch of nobodies. I mean, just because you don't know about Leonard Williams or – Dexter Lawrence doesn't mean they're a nobody. You get what I'm saying? Like the New York Giants got a really good defensive line, and you guys really just kind of just pushed them around. But let's segue to this. The Detroit Lions are now four and six. You're on the three-game win streak. Will the Lions make a late season playoff push, Luke G? Because this schedule doesn't look too tough outside of this Buffalo game. Okay, yeah. Probably not all that confident in that one, but you got Jacksonville, Minnesota is a divisional foe, so you always got a chance in those games. You play the Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers to end the season. I think that there definitely is a chance of Detroit being able to be in that conversation, at least for that last remaining playoff spot. But you let me know. You watch this team way more than I do. Well, I think I think they have a chance for it, right? Because you figure, okay, Jacksonville – should be a game that they compete in and really have a high chance of winning. The Panthers should be a game they compete in and have a really have a high, a high chance of winning. The Jets should be a game that they should compete in. And have, so that's three right there. That's seven, right? So right there, that's seven. And then you get to play the Bears again. And, and Panthers. And what well, I'm saying, you get the Panthers, you get the Panthers, the Jets, and Jacksonville. So that's three. That brings your total to seven. And, and so you figure now you get the Bears. Well, now at this point, you get to play the Bears. If you can sweep the Bears, and I believe that you can, 
right? I don't think the Bears is nobody to be scared about because I think life lessons were learned. The quarterback want to run around crazy? Cool. I think we'll make adjustments to that. And so I think we'll be better for that. But that game is where? At home. And if you already come out, let's say you lose to Buffalo, but you managed to beat Jacksonville, you managed to beat those three games, and now you're sitting up there at seven with two games left, now you got a crowd that's going to be in rare form at home for a Chicago game. And so I can see you beating and sweeping them. That's going eight right there. And so, but but then here's the scary part. What if the Lions mess around and upset? Because this would, this would be an upset. They upset the Bills. Right. If that happens now, you still have one, two, three possible games plus one that you upset. That still puts you at eight with a chance for you to, to control your own destiny going into Green Bay on, on the road. So can they still get in? Yes. Do they still need a little bit of help here and there? Yes. Do they need some other teams to lose? Sure. But if you just focus on what your destiny is, show up and show out, you good. And to me, that's what the Lions should do. So I can see them making a push for it. Um, the question becomes, is is enough going to happen with the other teams for us to win tiebreakers and things like that? Now, you see, I feel pretty – I think you guys are going to be there. You guys have to worry about Green Bay, New Orleans, L.A. Pretty much the whole entire NFC is still there, including Chicago. As a matter of fact, all those teams are one game behind you guys. But pretty much everybody's chasing Washington. Washington currently controls that, that last remaining playoff spot. Well, San Francisco does. They are 5-4 and four right now, and they could potentially win their division. So pretty much you want to make sure that you can keep pace with Washington. And I think that Washington is going to end up coming back down to earth. They got Taylor Heineke. I think he's playing pretty good, but I do think that, you know, they could lose to the Falcons, the Giants, pretty much, bro. Like the Fal, like for the Commanders, all the teams that they need to lose so they can hold on to that last remaining playoff spot, they all pretty much play coming up in the NFC. So I think for you guys, you know, I really want to see more consistency. I think that's probably the key for you guys. Like when I watch Detroit play um one week the defense will play good but the offense will suck then the next week the offense will score a hella points but it's like where's the defense so why has detroit been so inconsistent versus not well why was detroit so inconsistent before this three-game winning streak compared to now what's changed What's changes is the right combination of players playing next to each other, right? And so I think the swapping players in and out to get a combination of players who are working in chemistry and in sync makes a huge difference. But the biggest thing that changes is your your the pressure has been put on the defense to start making plays. That defense was dead last and on, on pace to having a historical season worse than what they already given before. It, you know, the Lions still had one of the worst seasons statistically uh, in terms of points being given up in NFL history, and they were on pace to the, to crushing that number. And so now what you're seeing is, is a team who somehow through all these games is still falling dead last in points and still falling dead last in, in, uh, in, in a lot of places, a lot of areas on the defense are starting to make plays. We're starting to get turnovers um, uh, that we were not getting early on. And we are starting to put our offense in shorter fields. We're starting to um have a kicker who's not missing kick we went through two kickers before we we got to Bagley right so we're starting to get that together we're starting to not beat ourselves and so when these little nuances change when the youth movement is happening and these nuances change you're seeing a different team you're seeing a team who's not performing differently well you know because if you look at this game yesterday right um and in, in terms of that Sunday game against the Giants if if the Lions defense don't stop the run, we probably lose a shootout, right? Because at that point, we wouldn't have been able to stop what was going on there. But instead, by halftime, I believe my man's had 10 carries for eight yards, right? Mm-hmm. And the game ended with him having, I want to say, like 15 carries for 22 yards. They completely stopped him, and they didn't have to sell out fully to do it. And so you're starting to see these guys start to make plays that they wasn't making before. I'm not going to act like, oh, there's this huge scheme change that changed everything. No, they finally took some pride in themselves and said, hey, enough is enough. And I think that's what you're starting to see 
from from why there was a lack of consistency because early on the even the game that they when they beat Washington um they was able to do a lot of things early on in the first half defensively well now what you're saying is them playing four quarters whereas instead of just playing a half you're giving me all four quarters and also what you're saying is is a offense who is saying look we can't keep sustaining scoring 30 some points a game i think they're like six in scoring offense and so at that point, when you get the six scoring offense and your defense is dead last, you know, you're scoring an average of 30 some points and your defense is giving up 31 and a half. That's why you saw inconsistencies. Most deaf, most deaf. And as we have to mention again, you know, Washington, 49ers, those are the two teams right now to keep eyes on. And then you have Atlanta, Detroit, and you have the Rams and the Saints behind them. So for Detroit, we look at their schedule that remains after Buffalo, and we all look at it and we say, you know, this is pretty winnable. However, the Lions aren't that team yet that we could just look at and say, oh, yeah, this is a win. You get what I'm saying? We really can't do that with any team, but certain teams, we can look at certain games and have a certain amount of confidence that they can get it done. You look at Detroit, you know, what does Detroit have to do to – avoid having these late season upsets that could end up slowing down their momentum or trying to make it to a playoff push get players back healthy right now we we you know you know we we you know it's we, we're getting closer to getting the receiver back we're we get we got dj chalk back this past week we got romeo Corback, who's been out for majority of the season and most of all last year so you, getting players back healthy so you can keep depth and keep rotational guys in there is huge. And so that's the first thing they're going to have to do. We got to stay healthy. Going into this game right now, you're going to be without Jeff Okuda, right? So, you know, and is that a huge loss? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I'm not even going to hold you, man. Like, we, we was crapping on Jeff Okuda, bro. But oh, I, but, but I still get, I give praise for praises due. He, but have I seen enough in him? Through this season and say that he was worth being took third overall absolutely not nah, i still stand I, by my view that he's not worth a top 10 pick however i think what people don't want to come to the conclusion of is he's a safety and when you watch him he's performing right now and i'm happy about it but you, you have games and it's been more than one but you have games where he's been just torched like the, the, the receiver just cooked them it was nothing to be said about it um but what i'm saying is is that lack of health does derail a lot of things and so you got to stay healthy and you got to get healthy and, and stay consistent at the right time and that's that's what happens i mean this is the same thing that happened with um the Bengals when they went on their run they got to get more and more healthy at the right time and they was able to run that ball and then when they got people committed to the run they lit them up and they made it to a super bowl and everybody lost their mind so um now they're struggling with everybody they played damn there so that's the problem so I think the the Lions just need to stay uh get healthy and stay consistent um on defense where they're generating some form of a play here and there. In the past we were not getting that. We weren't even getting a here and there play. We weren't even getting it there or the, or here play. It was just a we're out there and that's just not good enough. So if they're if they're going to do this they need to continue to build upon the defensive pride. And you talking about you talk about getting healthy. You got Jamison Williams. You know, a lot of Lions fans are excited about him returning to play. He hasn't played football in a year since that ACL injury that he suffered in the semifinals last year. Recently saw a report came out that says that he's about to start practicing with Detroit and eventually he's a couple of weeks removed from coming back. So I also have Jamison Williams stashed on all of my fantasy teams. So it's like, when are you guys going to unleash this monster that rumoredly reportedly runs like a four, one, nine or four, two, something. Four, one, nine is a bunch of BS. It's no, no. Okay, we're we gonna just toss that out the window. And four two, he might could be the four two, but before you know, that's that's before the ACL injury. So, you know, he's probably more around four three, four, four, but I don't really care about 40 times because it don't matter to me. I'm gonna say something that's gonna be unpopular from my Lions fan base and from many people listening to your show, but I don't think they should play him at all. Because at this point, he has not been there, right? And he has not had a factor or a role on his team at this point. And I know people are going to say, well, let's get him some reps and all that stuff. But 
look at what's happening right now. The Lions are at least consistent enough to say we want to run the ball and stay stay to it and short pass it. And I just I I, I assume this, and I could be wrong in this assumption. Um, and I know the whole saying about people make ads of themselves when they assume, but um, I just look at it and I say, why change it up at this point if you don't need them? Just save them, have them ready for the next year. Now, if you make it to the playoff at that point, play them, right? If you know you, you got a chance to make the playoffs and you need them for that game against the Packers, play them, right? But in all honesty, we should probably continue to run the ball on most of the teams we're going to play. We should, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they're going to try to run the ball down our throat, right? And to set up their pass. And so at that point, I, I don't really know if he comes in to help much as it would be if we can get more play from our running backs. And you talk about Jacksonville. Jacksonville is going to try to do a little bit of both. They're going to try to balance it out. But I would rather run the ball down their throat. And having a guy like Jamison out there, I feel like forces our quarterback, who I'm not so high on, into trying to force the ball to him. And I don't want to see that. Uh, so I, you know, but from what I'm hearing, he should be back somewhere between the Jacksonville and Minnesota game. But again, think, keep in mind, you're talking about December 4th, December 11th, somewhere in that area. I think that Jamison Williams, you play him because he's that speed just makes him an elite deep threat. Every offense can can use an elite deep threat. And I think the fact that you guys put so much emphasis on running the football, you got to account for that speed over the top. So that's also something that defenses have no choice but to account for. Even with him coming from that ACL injury, I'm pretty sure nobody wants to be like, you know what? You're going to go out there. You're going to guard Jamison Williams 101, and we're going to let you be the cornerback to show us just how effective and how just how good he looks coming off that injury. Like, I think Detroit definitely is going to work him in, similar to how the Chiefs are working in Kadarius Toney and how the Bears are working in Chase Claypool. You're going to do it bit by bit. But I definitely think the first part to easing him into things is to just put him out there and try to see if you can get the play action passing game going. Because the thing is, bro, like people are going to count for that speed and you definitely can't use that to attack the field if you use it the right way. The thing is, you know, you don't want your quarterback forcing him to football. But at the same time, you do have a veteran quarterback in Jared Goff. So, you know, when you have a vet, you would trust them not to try to be that aggressive and to take the calculated risk. I, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. Do you trust that Jared Goff can get him the ball on a rope if he burns the hell out of a cornerback and a safety? Do you think he can get that ball ahead of him so he can go run underneath and go get it? Most of. Okay. I saw it wasn't Jared Goff okay. throwing the Brandon, wasn't he throwing the Brandon Cooks? Well, um, okay, I'm saying so if you believe that, right? Now the next question becomes this, right? Who who has been our speedy deep threat now on the Lions? And th they're now winning. And, and they're winning in, in games convincingly, right? So look at the Packers game. And, and I know people get mad when I say this, but it's the truth. The Lions dominated the Packers, right? You know, you're talking about a team that, that you cannot say won not a single phase of that game. They didn't win on special teams. They didn't win on offense. They didn't win on defense. They got totally dominated. And you go to a game like the, the Bears, where the Bears um, really, they didn't dominate the Bears. That was a game about grit, showing that, hey, there's so much dog left in me that you, you're going to have to really make sure that I'm down for the count. And they came back. So kudos to them. They didn't dominate that game. But then you come right back, and here's a game against the Giants, uh, a team that they dominated, right? Completely dominated. They dominated them on special teams. They dominated them on offense, and they dominated them on defense. And so now you, you're saying, hey, bring, bring this receiver back when right now everybody knows the ball is going to, to St. Brown and it, well, they, can't, they can't do nothing about it. So well, I that's just, the thing, though. That's the I thing, don't want to mess that chemistry up. That's, the, that's all I'm saying. I don't want to mess that up. And I feel you on that. But at the same time, though, we know that these teams are going to make adjustments. And I think for Detroit – it's good that you guys have our identity, but at the same time, it's also good to keep on adding pieces because you can never have too many good football players and you can never have too many different ways to win because that speed, if he is the wide receiver that the Lions envisioned when they drafted him, then he's going to end up helping you guys win probably three or four games. And 
you know, me and you have the same mentality when it comes to wide receiver, but I definitely have started to realize that you do have certain wide receivers that can come around depending on the speed and their skill set, and they definitely can help you win maybe a game or two like Jamar Chase. You look at what Tyreek Hill has done throughout his career, plus what he does on a special team side of the ball, and plus, like, Jamison Williams, eventually when you get him healthy enough, like, you will want him to return punts or kickoffs, mainly punts because of that speed. So, I mean, like, I just think with Jamison Williams coming back, he just gives the Detroit Lions – another additional way to win when they figure out how to do it. You feel me? But I trust the coaching staff. I don't know how much you trust this coaching staff right now, but I mean, you guys are on the three game win streak. And from what a lot of people talk about when it comes to your head coach, um, Dan Campbell, he knows offense. This guy is an offensive mastermind. Um, Sean Payton was talking about him on the herd, like last week, like, you got a really sharp offensive-minded coach, and I didn't even really know it like that. So I mean, but, but, I, but I we can't we can't trust Sean Payton though, because Sean Payton's got to have a little biases, right? That, that's his protege. So uh, you know, so you, you know, so we got we got to still take that with a grain of salt, and I'm I'm cool with taking that with a grain of salt. Um, and I think that you know, overall, I have faith in him because the one thing that stands out to me. I can't speak for everybody else, but this just stands out to me is he not only has command of his team, he has command of the room. That means that means that the people on his staff, other people who are buying in. And so when I see that, that's all I need to know. I don't need to, I don't need to try to reinvent the wheel and make it seem like a, um, this is, this is the, this is the one. I don't I don't need that. I don't need that to be the 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 measuring stick, if that makes sense. What I need is I need for a team to show up and perform at a level that is high. So do I trust Dan Campbell and his play calling and his offensive mind? I can care less because right now what I know is is this. Even if he didn't know football, he knew enough to get a person motivated to just do something on the mm-hmm. football field. Let me and ask I can you respect this. that. If you're okay, so even though you're against it, okay, how about this? We know Jamison Williams is going to play, and you guys are going to try to work a man. So how do you expect Detroit to work a man? Or if you were Dan Campbell, how would you work him into the offense? For Jamison Williams? As a decoy, I would give him. A, I would give him a lot of short routes so he can learn how to run between the defense, and then after that, once you know, see what he do. And if he's hot, I'll ride him. But if he's not, I'm. A, I'm going to test you once. I'm, I might open the game up, throw the ball deep. You know what I mean? This is what they used to do when we had Calvin Johnson. They would open the game up and tell Stafford throw the ball deep, and Calvin go get it right. Like, and so sometimes you got to do little things that throw people off, right? That that um kind of put them in an uncomfortable or uncompromising position where it's like, dang, you know, I can't quite do this, but, you know, we did that. And so to me, I think that's all you're really asking them to do. You're really just asking them to say, hey, you know, show up and show out, and that's it. And to me, that's all I can ask for. Now, the last thing that we got to talk about you guys are playing the buffalo bills on thanksgiving you guys play on thanksgiving every single year mm-hmm. and when you look at this game you know buffalo most definitely is one of the best teams in the nfl however they do have moments where they beat themselves and they do have moments where they can play down the competition a good example last year they had like a surprising loss to jacksonville and even this season, you know, there's games where Josh Allen can get hell of reckless or Buffalo can get hell of over relying on Josh Allen and he could kind of cost them some games. So, I mean, for many people watching this, what's the path to the upset for the Detroit Lions? Because, I mean, it's easy to say that the Lions aren't going to win, but 
it's even harder for somebody to come up with ways that the Lions can win this game. So what are some things that you think that the Lions can do to find a way to pull off this upset on Thanksgiving? The first thing is, is, is create the match, the mismatch um, where it's running back to linebacker. I think if you can get DeAndre Swift working in space, whether it's screen or route running, get him working in space. You can't do that with Jamal Williams as much because we've already seen that they are not as quick and shifty to get around. But on top of that, you have to be able to get them off balance and off tilter. That D line is going to do it. So our offensive line has to hold up in the run game. It has to. It has to maintain discipline and make sure that they're playing disciplined football. I think on the uh, on the other hand, in terms of the, how would I go about attacking this game, Honestly, it's running the ball because I want to keep them off the field as much as possible. But you got to score in scoring opportunities. So if you get turnovers, you need to score on turnovers. Um, you know, we had a few turnovers in the game the other day. We didn't score on all of those. We need to have points on all those turnovers. And, and, and on the defensive side of the ball, um, you have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. You have to remain 100% disciplined and shutting down Singletary. Because everybody goes, well, what about the receivers? And what about Stefan Diggs? And what about this? And he can run, and he's a running quarterback. Yeah, Josh Ellen's not really looking to run. And so if you maintain gap assignment, if you maintain discipline when it comes to slowing they, they running back down, Josh Ellen will get the big head and start trying to force passes in there. And that's where you got to add your secondary to make plays. You're going to have to be a little bit more savvy in how to set them up. Because – and at this point, I don't think I'm going to ask our defense to ever stop somebody per se, but I need you to slow them down. And if they can do that, I think the Lions can win. You shorten the game up. You put points up quick, which forces them to go into panic mode, as you saw recently where they had to come back at the last minute and get the touchdown. Put them in that panic mode. And if you do that, I think you can win the game. Now... The Bills have a lot of players on the injury report. Now, some key guys who are questionable, Josh Allen has an elbow injury, has a right elbow injury. It's uncertain if he's going to take place or play in this Week 12 game. And then you have um, Davis White, who recently got activated off injury reserve. He could play in this game, but it's uncertain that he will or unlikely that he will. So for Buffalo, like, Josh Allen is banged up. And what you said, I definitely agree with. A lot of people have said that the Bills overly rely on Josh Allen. And last week, they definitely did give Devin Singletary a good amount of work. And you can definitely tell that they're trying to take some of the load off Josh Allen. So if Detroit goes in and they have a good time shutting down the run, like how they did against the New York Giants, the secondary, now they're going to have to be able to do their job against these wide receivers, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, the tight ends. What Do you have the faith in the secondary being able to get the job done, or do you think it's going to be more of a collective effort of the pass rush being there, helping out that secondary as well? I think it starts with that front seven, right? Because if you're not able to put pressure on a quarterback, you got a problem. Right. You I don't care who it is. Right. I, I can let JT sit back there in the pocket and, and survey the field. I'm pretty sure you can deliver a ball to somebody accurately. Right. And so at that point, if you're not getting getting pressure or maintaining gap assignment to where he doesn't have running lanes, it's going to be a long day. And the linebackers need to make sure that they're covering their areas and maintaining their guys that they're going to be covering so that they're not allowing for him to get going with goddamn people like Dawson and stuff, like Dawson Knox and stuff. They don't need, they don't need him to get going. They need, they don't need for him to run back to get going. Cause once he started hitting you up short, now he can go deep. And what you really want him to do is you want to force him to keep everything short and in front of you. So I expect to see some zone play more than we played uh, this past game. I think the last game we played a lot of man, but this game, I think we should be playing some zone and 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 keeping stuff in front of us and letting it come to us. Now, like I said, Okuda being out is going to definitely hurt. However, I think that this is going to be a game where we start to find it, and it's really going to come down to two players. You, you need two players to really step up for you. The player number one is your second overall pick in Aiden Hudson, and player number two is whoever the hell is playing linebacker. 
because they are going to be put to the test early on by running backs and tight ends. And I think that's where it's going to come down to that front seven. Now, offensively, okay, the Bills have a really talented defense, and their defensive line is insanely talented and talented with a lot of youth. But you look at your offensive line, your offensive line has been amongst the best in the NFL this year. How do you think you guys are going to hold up in the trenches with, you know, um, some health concerns about, well, the availability of Frank Rack now, Jonah Jackson, both of those guys on the offensive line, the list that's questionable. Frank Rack now has oh, a foot injury, and Jonah they Jackson play. has illness. No, they'll play. I have no doubt that those guys will play. And, um, you know, I, I those guys are going to play. You know why? It's, it's a Thanksgiving game, right? And they know the importance of that game, and they know what, what that means to get that win. Um, I think they'll handle the pressure really well. Um, Cause to me, when I watch the bills lately, it doesn't seem like their D line is doing as much against decent offensive line, not good, decent offensive line. It don't seem like they're doing as much. And they start to create these damn blitz packages that, that kind of confused the linemen. But I think the lions line will hold up and hold up well. And I think we wouldn't have no problem with it. Um, you know, this is one of them games where if you allow their D-line to win the line of scrimmage, then it's going to be a long day. But I don't see that happening. So so off rip, I, I feel confident in saying, yeah, we got a, we got a chance to really change some things. Um, and I, I suspect that, that we will do it. I'm not, I'm not worried about us not having certain players in. They'll play. Now you guys are a nine point fate, a nine point underdog heading into this matchup. Perfect. I don't know. I don't expect you guys to go into that game and lie down because you know you guys have played pretty well and you know you guys play pretty hard for Dan Campbell. So I definitely expect this to be a dog fight. Um I'm still gonna take Buffalo to get the win. I'm pretty sure you probably see Buffalo getting this win too, but you know, I definitely feel like for the Lions, you want to see this team hang around. You want to see them compete. And I definitely think they should be more than capable of being able to do that. And if Buffalo allows Detroit to hang around in this game in the fourth quarter and Buffalo gets in the habit of playing around with their food, I definitely think that Detroit is more than capable of being able to get the win done because I'm the kind of person that if I'm playing the Lions, I want to blow them out. I don't want to be going into a one-possession game with them in the fourth quarter. Especially yeah, with mean, Dan Campbell as the head coach because he's one of them head coaches that lay in them games. You call timeout two minutes, this guy's giving you one of the most legendary pep talks. You come down third along and here Aiden Hutchinson comes. Home. Or, or just take it a step further, where it's like the Lions have been known to take the risk that other teams have not, and it's one of the reasons why fans hate the the head coach for them. But I love the I love the fourth down. They said, "Go for it. You got four opportunities. Who says you have to punt? Now, if you're repenting your by your red zone, cool. But when well, a lot of times when he's going for it for fourth down, he's not on our side of the field. So. You know, go for it, right? Like I'm not being. I know you. Oh, let's let's try to punt and pin them on the inside. That's nice if you can do it, but it's still the same possession. So just go for it. You know what I mean? So I'm okay with it. Um, I just think that for me, the Lions need to not get caught up in the fact that this is a Thanksgiving game, but this is a game about respect because I think it's been some disrespect going on, um, especially given the fact that we loaned our stadium so they can play a game. And they post a video, we're going to leave our plaque right here because we'll be back to be back home to take care of things on Thursday. Oh, we talking, <laughs> talking slick. So we talking slick. Okay. So since that's the case, yeah, I'm I'm on that I'm on that Gatorade commercial or, or was it Under Armour? We must protect our house stuff, right? You want to you wanna come in and talk slick. If Even if you walk up out of here, you're going to walk up out of here bloody and beat, right? Like you may, you may win the battle. But we will win the war because you're gonna lose somebody. And when you watch the games that the Lions have had over recent time, they have been knocking players out. I mean, go to the Packers game; they knocked a lot of people out. And then you go to the game uh, against the Giants; they were knocking people out in that game. Wendell Robinson, right? the one dude on the Giants' offense that was killing y'all that nobody could stop. That's the one person on the Giants' offense y'all couldn't stop was Wendell Robinson until y'all took him out the game. 
like I said, they you're gonna show up to the party, but just know that you're gonna leave out with a bloody nose too. So it's not, you know. So to me, they need to just learn how to protect their house and get ready for the game and just come into it and say, look, they already been disrespectful. This is about pride. Let's show them what we are. Yeah, and you know about Dan Campbell, like that's why I was so hesitant earlier. I said about you know making that video, the Lions aren't going nowhere because like despite losing. I was listening to the post-game press conferences from the players. Like, everybody still had, like, hella belief in Dan Campbell despite what the record shows. So, I mean, like, you talk about going to war. The Lions definitely are a team that is more than ready to go to war with you, and especially when you got the coach that's talking about biting kneecaps. Like, for Buffalo, yeah, but that's, like, that, that don't mean that. Those are metaphors that I think people focus on too much. The whole kneecap biting on those are metaphors. That's in other words, it's basically saying, like, like okay, for example, Mike Tyson has a famous quote that everyone has a plan until you punch him in the mouth, right? Like, that's just a famous quote to let you know every it's all sound good, everything is cool until everything is not going the way you want to, and how you respond in adversity determines your character. How do you how you decide to, to rise up when everybody is doubting you and everyone is challenging you to be something that you were not? You wasn't here for this history. Many of the players on the Lions wasn't here for the history of being a, a losing team. They don't know about that history, they never experienced that, and so to me. You know, I, I, I feel like a lot of times we as content creators, the media and everybody else, they overblow the kneecap biting. The whole purpose of him saying that was to sit there and say that, like I said, you're not going to just come in here and just beat us. You're going to earn it. And right now, the only game where you can say that they didn't really show up in was New England. They should have beat the Eagles. They should have definitely beat the Eagles. They should have beat the Vikings. It took a last-minute play for them to lose. And the Dolphins. Right? And the Dolphins and so forth and so on. You can go through and look at it. But the reality is, is when those guys came into those games, when they walked out, they walked out like with respect. You remember, I don't know if you're, I mean, I'm a little bit older, but I don't know if you remember a, a movie called The Karate Kid when Daniel Son yeah, had that. that one leg up and he ran up and got kicked in the face. Afterwards, he gave him much, much respect, right? He, you know what I'm saying? Not because he won, because he understood Okay, he he was he was competitive. He was not just gonna lay down to me. He showed up, and so to me, people overblow that stuff, right? The same way they over like the same way they they overblow a lot of the other stuff, like playoffs. Are you kidding me? Don't talk to me about playoffs. Or when Dennis Green got mad and was like, "They are who we thought they were," and we let him off the hook because he he really wanted to use other words. People just overblow these quotes and. You know, like the Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. And it's so many quotes you can get from the NFL where people want to make fun of it and joke about it, right? But if you ever listen to John Madden, the great John Madden, in, on any video, he would say the strangest stuff, boop, beep, boop, all this other stuff, and nobody talked about it. So I just think that when looking at Dan Campbell um, and his example, people need to calm the hell down. Is he is he coaching the team enough to get their attention? And the answer is yes. And I think that that that's really what I get from the body kneecap comments. Like I just like I just really like how the team really embodies that metaphor in a sense. Like to me, that quote signifies a team that like what you said, bro. You're not gonna come in here and you ain't gonna push us around. And that's why I have confidence in you know Detroit being able to keep this a competitive game. So when it comes to predictions. Um, I'm going to take the Detroit Lions to lose, but I do think that they are going to cover. So give me the Bills outright. Give me the Lions to cover. What about you? Who's your prediction in this game? I think I think the Bills win this game, um, but I think it's closer than people think. I think it's much closer than people think. And I, you know, I don't do point spreads and stuff like that because I'm not that big in gambling and stuff like that. But I think that the Lions have a chance to win this game. And no matter how small it may be um, to some people, it's still a chance because nobody gave them a chance against the Giants and they did it, a fraudulent team. Nobody gave them a chance against the against the Packers and they completely dominated them. Um and I remember last year, nobody gave them a single chance against the Cardinals, and they they just single-handedly disrupted the Cardinal spirit, and they haven't been right since then. Um, so they have a chance, but I think the Bills sneak this one out because I just feel like them coming off of that game, although I will say it benefited us to come out and dominate the Giants like that, 
and make it look easy, even though it was not, that helps way more, but it's a short week. And that's the only reason why I'm picking the Bills. It's a short week. If we got to play the Bills the following week after Thanksgiving, I would pick the Lions to win against the Bills. But coming off of a Sunday game, you got a Monday, Tuesday, you know, you know, and then Wednesday is your last day before you go into it. That's a little tough. Most deaf, everybody. We got Luke G on the pod. Once again, we appreciate you for coming on. You guys make sure to check out my guy Luke G's field review on YouTube. We will leave a link to his YouTube channel down in the comment section down below. And one more time, Luke G, let the people know where they can find you at and what you have planned for the channel coming up as we enter the final weeks of the year. Yeah, it's Luke G's field review um, where we talk all things Detroit Lions sports. Um, all my videos is, is linked uh to discourse so if you want to come in and talk to us directly uh, I'll, I'll talk to you uh it's at phil g's on uh, instagram and at phil g's on twitter so if you want to hit me up on there i'm down for it if you are on the opposing team and you want to come on and tell me why your team is better than mine feel free to show us live i'll i'll have be more than happy to debate you um but for the most part i'm i'm all about just talking ball i ain't gonna, i'm not gonna talk politics i'm not gonna talk religion i'm not gonna talk about your girlfriend or your mother let's keep it strictly to football and that's that's all i'm asking you to do when you come and rock with me all right everybody we have luke g on once again we appreciate you for taking this time to come on and talk detroit lions football with us hey man look thanks for having me you know what i'm saying keep grinding um keep you know staying focused and everything like that and this video couldn't be set up no better you got the lions blue book going back there some people might argue that it's a panthers blue i'm calling it the lions blue um that honolulu blue and we're gonna put respect on that um and again just man look I i'm loving what you're doing over there i'm paying attention um and uh, even especially when you upset the masses keep keep putting pressure man keep on applying hey, the Hey, I had the Denver Broncos going seven and ten, and the Raiders winning only five games. They called me crazy, though. Hey, you see what's going on right now, though. Hey, but well, I don't you, you hear know. nobody. I don't hear nobody. Lou G, how many people predicted the Denver Broncos to only win seven games, bro? Like this is one of the best predictions. You did too. I didn't. No, you I did? didn't. I didn't. I I thought that. I thought I, this is what I thought. I thought that they would have a decent season but i also thought that i didn't have i didn't feel like losing russell wilson was a huge loss because i thought the history of the seattle seahawks was always behind the legs of a running back when they went to the super bowl with russell wilson it was on the legs of marchon lynch and without russell wilson you had Hasselbeck. it was on sean alexander's legs and so the moment they realized that they, they were able to have success. And I think when you look at them now, they go out and get Kenneth Walker. It's no wonder that they lose those games where Kenneth Walker can't get going because it is predicated on the success of the run game. So, you know, that's a good prediction by you. And like I said, most of your critics and stuff going to disappear because now they don't want to talk about it. They're going to change their YouTube uh, handles and names and stuff. And that's cool. Um, this is why I love critics. Critics always come out when they feel that they're right and when they're wrong um no you can hear a rat piss on coughing like you know yeah, yeah yeah so it just is what it is all right luigi we appreciate you for coming on and everybody once again make sure that you guys go ahead check out my guy luigi's field review link to his youtube channel will be down in the comment section down below and you guys if you guys enjoyed this episode of the jt sports podcast make sure that you guys go ahead like and subscribe to the channel if you're listening to this on pod make sure that you guys share this podcast episode with your friends family acquaintances leave a five-star review on the jt sports podcast and i will see you guys with another episode shortly